This is the moment that you've been waiting for. Welcome to Photo Assignments. In this video, I'm going to outline the first assignment. And technically, this is not the first assignment. The first one was actually to go take 10 to 15 photographs of something that you love, put them in some kind of sketchbook or journal. And uh, if you have done that, that's great. If you haven't, please do that because I think that's a really important component to these photo assignments is being able to collect your work, look at it, print it out, and be able to make judgments on that in order to get better as a photographer. And so a couple things, I will do a Q&A later this week. And so if you have questions, leave them in the comments and I will address those. And I will be doing these assignments along with you. So you'll see videos on that in the coming weeks. And so as you can tell by the assignment title here, this one would be called Variations. And I think it's important before we get into this is to talk about what the objective is on this. And I have the objective is to increase your capacity for creative thinking. And this is a common thread that I want to run through all of the photo assignments that we do because I think that really is at the heart of why we're doing these. We want to get better as photographers. We want to become more creative minded and increase our capacity for that type of creative thinking, which comes in very handy when you're trying to communicate visually, obviously. And so when I was researching this, and it did take a while, most of the books that you find on creative thinking tend to view creative creativity is kind of this mystical dreamlike state that you really can't control. It's like this magical power somehow. And that kind of wording kind of puts me off sometimes. I mean, I, I like the romanticism in that definition, but there's a gentleman named Edward de Bono who's done a lot of scholarly research on creative thinking. And he has many books on this. And there was one that I was looking at called Lateral Thinking. It's way beyond the scope to talk about that book in its entirety here. But one of the concepts he talks about in Lateral Thinking is this, is that when we come down to creative thinking or any kind of problem solving, because that's what our brains do as humans, it comes down to this. You have this, this place of arrival, this thing you want to achieve. And if we put this in the instincts of just basic human needs, let's say you're hungry and it's lunchtime. And so your brain has all these preset mathematical equations that it can come to to arrive at that goal. And so let's say it's an hour before lunch, you're starting to get hungry, and so your brain starts cycling through. Did I bring my lunch today? If I did, what is it? How do I heat that up? Do I have a plate? Do I have napkins? Do, you know, there's all those things. Or I'm sick of that. There's three restaurants around here. Um, where are they? There's the new one I want to try. Anyway, and once you start doing this, you'll figure out what path you want to go. And there's a very complex set of mathematical equations that your body will go through between getting your keys, getting into the car, walking, and all that stuff to go achieve the final goal of eating. And that's a very simplistic way of putting this. But if we put this into creative terms, and we look at this uh, from a standpoint of photography, painting, writing, whatever it is that you do, you have something you're creating. You have this creative output in mind. And so your mind naturally will start to find those equations that you've used before on how to get to that point. But the problem is, is when you're trying to do something new or different or unique or innovative, or you're really trying to push the envelope and do something different, it becomes difficult because let's say your equation, you're going to end at three. That's the art or creative thinking that you're trying to achieve. That's the, the end goal. So whatever you make is the number three. And you know that one plus two equals three. That's how you're going to get there. So when you rely on that same equation every time, you're always going to arrive at three. And maybe it's more complex than that and you have a couple different things. But the same equations equal the same result. 
Now, the problem is, is and people define insanity as this, when you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And this is the challenge, I think, when it comes to creative thinking, is how do you arrive at something new because you don't know what that equation is. It's not going to be easy to do. And I think this assignment will start to unlock a little bit of that for you. If you look um, artistically, um, we're talking about variations. What is a variation? What is a theme in variations? Um, if you look at this in musical terms, in Baroque music, um, Bach wrote many things that were called, or these pieces that were known as theme and variations. And so there's a short set of small pieces that begin and usually end with the theme, and then the variations are all in the middle. And these are variations on that melody. So for instance, if you take the Goldberg variations, there's 24 of these. The theme is established in the first short piece, and the theme in that case is a major key. And so there will be pieces that are in minor key. The tempo will change, the formal structure will change, um, canonical ideas are introduced, and, and this formal structure is around it, but basically it's, it, and I think in Baroque music, I think what Bach was trying to do was to display the strength of his subject, or the melody in this case, um, whatever that theme is, and that it holds up through all these variations and there's all these possibilities that are there to do with it. Now that's obviously a very math mathematically minded musical way of looking at this, but if we take it out of that context and put that into visual art, um, I think there's some really outstanding examples. For instance, um, Claude Monet, impressionist painter known for landscapes of various things, and I remember seeing an exhibition several years ago in Paris where they had these pieces that were grouped together, and what Monet would do is he would actually go paint a landscape, and he would come back at a different time of the year or a different time of the day, and he'd paint it again. And they had a lot of these, I guess, sister paintings, if you will, that were displayed together. And what's interesting is, and I think this relates to photography, because essentially what Monet was studying was how color and light are affected by different times of the year on the same scene. And I think as photographers, we deal with light, and so that's a really important variation to consider. Of course, that's very difficult coming back six months later to shoot the same thing, but I'm just saying it can be done. That's my point. And I think that Monet, it was more than just two pieces. I think this kind of thinking influenced him as an artist all around into all of the work that he did. And I think that's really important. You can take this on another scale looking at different artists who maybe really concentrated very narrowly on one subject. For instance, Edward Degas painted ballet dancers and his paintings are beautiful. There's a lot of similarities in color palette and a lot of similarities in medium, but what he was able to do compositionally across his entire career with those is very important and what he was moving towards something new with that. If you put this in a modern context, it becomes very interesting to see how uh, certain artists have really just their entire career has been a theme in variations. For instance, Mark Rothko, where he had this basic formal structure that was set up in an abstract form and the variations became the differences in color and then really how this, this uh, influenced him on a spiritual level is too. You have all these variations that happen and then some of the last paintings he did were for the Rothko Chapel, which is in Houston. These are black paintings. And then when you go in the room and see them, they're not actually black, but there's a heavy spiritual connotation that comes with these. And it's really interesting to see somebody dedicate themselves so firmly into something like that. There's a Japanese artist by the name of Am Kawara, who his medium was time. And it's very OCD looking work at first glance, but then you realize all these other things that he unlocked by doing those. And so I'm not saying that we're going to alter our entire artistic output to one theme, but I think for this assignment, I think it's gonna work to what we want it to achieve. And so the whole idea here, what you're gonna do is you're going to pick one scene and you're gonna photograph it 10 different ways. 
And this is going to be hard. I'm going to tell you now. And maybe this is better thought of as an exercise necessarily than an assignment. But I want you to do this as many times as possible. I'm going to do it along with you guys. And so, for instance, let's say you are doing a landscape. You're going to take one, two, maybe three photos. And what you're going to do, if we go back to the Edward de Bono example, is you're going to exhaust your various approaches to the final product. You're gonna get, like if you play guitar, it's all your guitar licks are gonna come out on the table. And then by the shot number four, you're gonna be stumped. And you're gonna think, okay, well, how do I do something different with this? And then you're gonna to need to start looking at other things. Like, what does the light do? What time of day is it? What if I artificially light something versus use natural light? Um, what if we did something different with color? What has the background change? How does the angle change? How does the composition change? And you start asking yourself these questions. And what this does is if we look at that Edward de Bono example, it's going to force yourself out of this equational thinking where there's this mathematical equation that you arrive at the end point with. Now, having said that, what's going to happen is some of your photos are not going to be that great. And that's your, if that's the case, you're doing it right. You should have some photos that aren't that great. In fact, you probably, I've done this before, you're going to come back a lot of times and you're going to think, wow, six of these just were terrible. And what do I do about this? But that's the thing. You're going to put them in the notebook. You're going to sleep on it and come back the next day and then start to evaluate those. Take notes and look at it. And what you're going to see sometimes is just a seed of something. And you're going to say, you know what? In that fifth photo, it's not a great photo, but I was trying to do this. And what if I finished it by going this way and then try and go get that image? Building on those kinds of things is what's going to start to improve and it's going to start opening your mind to new possibilities. And I think that is the important part of all of this. Sometimes it may be two images. It's a combination of things that start make, making you think in a new direction. So I think that's really important to remember as you're doing this. So I haven't announced social media sharing yet and very intentionally because this first assignment is going to be very heady in that sense. I want you to give yourself permission to mess up. Uh, a couple things to think about. If you don't know what to shoot, um, where are you right now? Do 10 pictures of whatever scene you're in right now. You know, as a photographer, you should be able to make something out of anything. So if you're sitting in your bedroom watching this on a computer or you're on a mobile device parked in a parking lot somewhere, I hope you're not driving, then how do you take photos from your car in the parking lot that are interesting? Do 10 of them. Make yourself do something. There should be no excuses on what to shoot on something like this. Just pick anything. It doesn't matter. It's a theme and variations. Now, a couple notes that I want to make. Um, I mentioned not every image is going to be perfect. Um, the more you do this, the more you're going to challenge your creative thought process. Okay, 10 images is going to seem really high, and it is, and that's the whole point. We want to exhaust any kind of creative thinking equation that you have preconceived in your mind. And then the final thing I want to say about this is, is be reasonable about your time. And I think it's important to note that certain subjects are way more time consuming than others, so plan accordingly. So for instance, if you want to do a landscape, and you want to catch it at different times of the day, well, you're going to have to come back two different times a day to do that, or you're going to have to sit out there a while. And so it's not something that you're going to be able to do really quickly. Um, I think it's also important to consider if you're going to do portraits as part of something like this, is that you're going to need to consider the sitter for your portrait or the sitters for your portrait. They're probably not going to want to sit and hang out while you experiment, unless it's somebody that's very close to you and very... Um, uh, very compassionate about your desire to improve as a photographer. Um, my cats will not sit
it. So that's out of the equation. So anyway, so there's some things to think about. So still lifes are a really good place to start. Um, I think street photography could possibly be interesting. Um, if you were able just to stand on a specific street corner, you go back to the Monet example. He did this in Paris. He shot or shot, he painted um, compositions of the same street scene over and over again with different people, different crowds, different ways of seeing it. And that's the whole point is we want to vary this up and see how far we can take it. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. Theme and variations is the first assignment that we're going to be doing as part of photo assignments. As I mentioned earlier, please leave questions below. Um, you can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's usually Ted Forbes everywhere. Uh, if you've got questions on stuff and I will, as I said, I will do a Q&A episode later this week and in the coming weeks I will be doing these assignments along with you guys to show you what I'm working on with them as well. Um, people have asked about the time limit, like how long are we going to spend on these and I would say this is going to take the rest of November to do. Um, if you're watching this way in the future, just, you know, do the best you can on these, you know, and, and do as many of these as you can. Don't just do one set of ten. Pick another subject, do another set of 10. Some of these are gonna be bad. And that's the most important thing. And I think it's gonna be the hardest thing for a lot of people to accept is giving yourself permission to make mistakes, giving yourself to permission to make things that are not great and to do bad work because out of this will be born new ideas and new work. And we're gonna take it a step further as we go along with these. So anyway. I hope that makes sense to you guys. If you have questions, leave them, and I will see you guys in the next video. If you've enjoyed this one, please remember to like it, share it, and subscribe to The Art of Photography so you'll always be up to date on all the things we do here. I'll see you guys in the next video. Till then, later.